GFS episode number 71. Hi, this is Martin Woodward. And this is Greg Duncan. Hey, Martin. Well, Greg, we've been busy. I've been jetting around. Uh, I, I didn't get to go to New York for the launch. I've been jetting around Europe for launch and talking to everybody. But no, it's been good. Uh, first of all, before we go any further, can I just say, sir, congratulations, would you believe? You've two years on the show. Two years. You joined, you started the show back in episode number 33. December 16. Yeah. Wow. That's how time flies when you're having fun and Indeed. whining about an MVP-ness. Oh, oh, I didn't say uh, that yesterday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why you haven't got one. Yeah. Damn it. Oh, I'm going to have to learn how to edit that out. And not safe for work flag on it. <laughs> yeah, no. Just out there. Two years we've been doing this with you. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and you know what? I still feel like an amateur. I still kind of feel like I'm figuring it out as I go. But, you know, as Hansman always said, you know, fake it till you make it. So one of these days I'll actually make it. Well, yeah, you know, if we if we had the uh, if we put the care and production into the post edit that the that the <laughs> guys do, maybe you would sound as good as Hansman. You know, it, it, in the flesh, he's obviously not that great a presenter. He's just edited well. That's my excuse anyway. <laughs> so uh, now those those uh, pop guys do make you sound clever. Like the, I did a radio, I did a radio TFS recently. Mm-hmm. Not radio TFS. I did a radio. Uh, of course, I did a radio TFS recently. <laughs> I did a I did that other premiere.net yeah. focused show. Oh, what was it? Donner Rocks. There we go. That was it. Yeah. You know, not, you know, similar kind of listenership to the TFS. But anyway, um, I did one of those recently. And I remember it being, I remember sounding really dumb and doing lots of ums, ahs and things. <laughs> I thought, oh, that was a terrible show. And I listened back to it. I was like, wow, I actually sound clever. You know, that's good. <laughs> I, did. I have no idea how I did it. And there was loads of times where Carl or Richard, you know, goes, blah, 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 uh, any point? And then they like sit and think, and we have a chat to the audience, and then right, let's start recording again. So the pop editors, the best in the universe. Our editors, not so much. We're lucky <laughs> if he remembers to edit the show before the next show comes out. But anyway, never but mind. But we're real, you know. This is Indeed. the raw bits, and that's what you know developers are about: raw bits. Exactly. So there you Indeed. go. That's and it was great to see. Yeah, exactly. It was great to see. Um, it was on my tour around Europe. We, we, I actually bumped into some listeners as well. So, yeah, if I saw you and we were out and you said hi, thanks very much. And it's it's great to great to have you listening to the show and 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 thanks for turning up to the sessions as well. It was good to see you there. And if Greg would only get some speaking gigs, maybe he would get to see some people. <laughs> As he is, he just gets to see his family and and friends, you know. Go out and be in front of, talk to people? Oh, oh no. Let's not have that. Let's talk to the wall instead. (laughs) So... Anyway, the launch. Speaking of talking to the wall, I had to do some launch videos where I was talking to the wall. But I don't know, you might see some of them. But yeah, what did you? Uh, so the launch has happened. It's gone. We launched. It was, it, we made quite a lot of press and things, and we saw an amazing uptick um, over at the um, in terms of usage and over on um, hosted TFS or or, so, or shall I say Visual Studio Online, VisualStudio.com. Yes. Um, what? So what did you take away from launch? And what were your? What, what did you hear? That was it. Was a pretty interesting launch. I, I really kind of liked it. It was. It was seemed to be very unusual. You know, there was the live event, so I watched that live as much as I can. I love being able to do a whole DVR. You know, the event, so I didn't miss anything as meetings and stuff came up. Um, and you guys um, out there listening, you can get this all. Uh, we'll put the links in the show notes, but all the the live sessions are available and they're sliced up so you can get them individually, as well as a bunch of pre-recorded sessions. There was like 92 
um, total videos available. So you can go back and relive the launch yourselves if you want. Um, some of the things that I thought was cool and, and, you know, it sounds kind of non devy uh, but the demo that I think Scott Guthrie did on how the VPN works for Azure was was one thing that really kind of stood out for me. And I know, again, that's not Devi stuff, but as I try to think about a hybrid cloud where I have some resources out there and I have some resources in here and how can we make them both work, seeing how easy it was that he could create a secure connection between these, uh, a VM out in the cloud and, you know, a resource that is inside your firewall. I was like, oh, that's cool. And it's not some archaic command line stuff it was you know pretty much clickety clickety click kind of and i was like ooh, and it made it look usable made it look real made it look like you could i can actually do this and i can put a vm out there and have it access stuff inside my firewall securely um that, that was interesting and of course you know uh, some of the other big items that i thought were was awesome uh you know monaco the Visual Studio Online editor, I was which has got talking with those. I was sat with that that team just just uh, this week, just yesterday. In fact, I was with the Monica team. So there we go. Yeah, and, and that's funny because I've been hearing, uh, you know, I read a bunch of blogs and listen to a bunch of podcasts mm-hmm. and stuff. And you know, Mary Jo Foley has been talking about, you know, what's this future of Visual Studio, and you know, how do we evolve that into the next, you know, realm? And then they show off Monaco. Like, well, that's the starting point at least. And, you know, I, I still, I, you know, Monaco's still early. I mean, heck, we're still calling it by its code name. So I, I'm sure it'll be Visual Studio Online Editor for websites and, um, you know, ASP.net when it, when it ships. But yeah, that's the problem. They picked a really cool code name. <laughs> and so uh, their product name is going to suck. Originally, the code name was uh, probably, it was something like um, Zolicon or something. It was a, it, the, the original code name for it was nowhere near as cool. And then I, and I was talking to them and uh, I said, yeah, keep it like that. And they, oh, no, we picked a different one. We're going to Monaco. And I'm like, oh, guys, now you, now you have a terrible product name. You shouldn't have done that. So, I'll see. <laughs> so that looks cool. And that's that first starting point to see how we are going to get to a hybrid Visual Studio. And it's kind of funny. We saw that in Visual Studio 2012 and TFS 2012, where, um, you know, when you go and create an iteration or an area or those kind of things, you flipped over to the website to do it there. So that kind of move where, you know, let's leverage the local power where you can, but let's leverage the cloud also, you know, for additional capabilities. So that was kind of interesting. Have I fired it up yet? No, I haven't done that yet. Oh, oh dear, dear, dear. Yeah. Well, you, you have in a way because you're already using parts of Monaco if you are – um, if you're using the code browser inside of Team Foundation Server, or you're using the viewing, uh, you know, files in SkyDrive, or if you're um, press, if you've pressed F12 in IE, you've already used some of that technology. So um, you you have already used it. There you nice. Go. Speaking about um, that was that was smooth. Wasn't that was really. The, uh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. The um, the one you've got MSDN, haven't you, Greg? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that that demo that's um, Scott Guthrie was showing. You know how we have the I because I, I've got Ultimate. I get um, like one hundred and fifty dollars of MSDN credit of, of Windows Azure credit mm-hmm. every month. 
as part of my MSDN subscription. And then different MSDN subscriptions come with different amounts of um, Windows Azure credit. What people don't realize is like how much that actually buys you. It's amazing. I have a VM which runs 24-7. Now, it's an extra small VM. But it still, it runs 24-7, 365 days a year out in Azure. And it runs and, you know, it's not doing much, but it just sits there running away and it's, it's, it's keeps some stuff alive that I need. That cost me a total of $6 a month <laughs> of, my, of my Azure benefit. But I'm, I've still got like $144 left every month. Too, pay, too bad you can't have like rollover dollars or something. But uh, yeah, that actually is amazing because you think about the $150, oh, that's nothing. But yeah, the, your, your point there really brings it kind of home, doesn't it? Yeah, we should. I think we should have a chart, you know, and like, you know how they always um, put things in terms of, in the UK, it's in terms of how many Albert Halls, but I'm guessing for you, it's like how many libraries of Congress or yeah, yeah, yeah. how many, so a certain like uh, Ridley Field or I don't know, whatever, some ballpark or something. It, it'll be measured in those. We should do the same thing with Azure. It's like yeah, in MSDN subscriptions, like how many VMs or how many, you know, web worker roles or how much, if you measured it in how many terabytes of, you could, it, how many libraries of congress of disk space you could have it would it would be really funny because you know like a terabyte of uh of um you know azure blob storage or something is nothing it's peanuts you could yeah so we should do, we should do that that should be a marketing site anyway yeah, that, yeah so not only can you um attach these vms now and and have them you know like secretly hiding like actually on your network so we look like real machines and things and you can have your ad synchronized out there as well right. and and you can do it all under your MSDN benefit. It's just amazing. It's great. It's really good. So what are the other things that we're on uh, We We announced the uh, Visual Studio 2012 Update 4 that came out. Ooh. That's a very stable, you know, like release on, on Update 12, uh, on, on 2012. So that's good. Um, Was there any okay. word? Is there going to be an Update 5? Um, I don't know if there's been any word on that. Okay. And, it's, it's my answer. Yeah, and do we we don't have an ETA for update one for 2013, right? Uh, no, but you know we we still I would expect a similar cadence to what we've had in the past. Right. Uh, so uh, yeah, and then um, the some of the example projects for launch as well are available over on Channel Nine on, on the Coding for Fun site. So if you want to have a play with some of those that we use, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. If, if you guys watch that those demos and you watch like Hanselman do his thing or Scott do his thing or some of the other demos on it, uh, he shows a facial recognition project and how that mm. works out. And so the source for all of those projects are already available and you can go out and grab them and play with them. And they're pretty neat. And it's pretty broad too. If you go to that, I highlighted this on the, that Coding for Fun blog entry like you mentioned. And yeah. um you know, there's the visitors app and expenses app and staff app and travel app and vacation app and the facial recognition one. And it shows how they use the different parts of all of these from, you know, CQRS to ON to OData. You know, all these apps are like little things. Signal R, a lot of them use, almost all of them use Signal R 2.0. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost all of them use Entity Framework. It, you know, we'll, we'll put the link in the thing, but you can see how these things are working. You could see them. You saw them in the app and the, the launch video. You can get the code and, and see how they actually work. So, mm. uh, and one of the other, I think, long-term coolest things that was announced was how Microsoft changed uh, essentially the licensing for a lot of the NuGet libraries. Mm, well, did you see the Xamarin announcement as well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the two of those. So let's talk about this. Uh, um, 
basically were announced together in that Microsoft.net uh, and the, the BCL team changed a number of the licenses for items like um, the async libraries for .NET, mm-hmm. SignalR.NET client, the BCL build components, portability pack, composition, the compression, the HTTP client libraries, which is huge, the immutable co- collections, OdataLib. The licenses all got those opened up. So that means that they were able to partner with other big players in the, the kind of .NET world like Xamarin. And they've done a huge partnership with Xamarin. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, from the outside, I wonder, I love to see, keep, ha, see Xamarin separate. It kind of keeps the pressure on Microsoft. Um, it's good to see another, you know, .NET supporter out there building stuff, building for platforms that Microsoft's, you know, not directly supporting. Um, so now competition is a very good thing. Exactly, exactly. You know, the old Microsoft would just have, you know, bought them out, but the new Microsoft seems to be working well with them, and that just means it's better for actually everyone. So the old old Microsoft probably would have shut them down. You know what I mean? Because they were doing because sued them out of existence. Yeah. So no, it's well, we never did because it was always it's always a standard. But no, it's um. Yep, it's definitely we're not your we're not your grandfather's Microsoft, that's for sure. It's um changing times. It's really it's it's really um exciting to be in the company at the minute, you know. Yeah. It's uh, a really good vibe and there's a lot of people around that get it. It's pretty cool. Speaking of which, some of the other news items has nothing to do with TFS and I have to apologize for everybody, but you know, we we've got somebody on the inside. Um the big news last week, week before last, the stack ranking going away. Mm. What was your feeling about that? Is, is, you know, people on the outside are all saying, everybody in Microsoft is woohoo. Um, um, yeah, I think, I don't know. It doesn't, uh, I wouldn't imagine, I, I was, I, it didn't really phase me at all because I don't really pay much attention to that sort of thing. Um, I never experienced some of the like games people were talking about that happened under stat ranking. I never found it as a particularly um, destructive thing in terms of team morale. I would say a lot of the gri- you know a lot of griping that you you see on the internet comes from people who used to work at Microsoft and no longer do, uh-huh. and so you know there's a reason why they don't, and that that's because they didn't enjoy it maybe or maybe you know I mean there's often there's often a reason why you know why they're free to write but um yeah it, it didn't bother me that much but then again i always did fairly well on the old system anyway so you know that's probably why as well if you're a manager um i, I think it's good because you don't have to like you know the way it would work is you'd have you'd, you know you had to have this like curve thing and you know you would have somebody done really really well and you give them a good pay rise and then but then you have to give them this number and if it's not um you know if it wasn't like a one or something then it, it was hard to like express it as a good message even though it they'd maybe had a fantastic year so now i i just think it yeah it's just like everybody else this you know I, it's a bit more normal i think and uh they get rid of the the, the poison of associating the grade figure against it but they still get to you know in, uh, reward employees and and be more flexible the, the the one microsoft thing i'm actually seeing a lot of changes about that you know um yeah that's actually taking root it, it's pretty impressive to see so we'll, we'll see what comes out of it but i think even already you know even like the the xbox launch and stuff and you know it's just yeah i can 
it's one Microsoft things actually, you know, surprisingly taking off. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm not, I'm not normally one for big uh, corporate things. I normally just ignore that type of stuff and get on with my job. But this one actually seems to be working. So, yeah, kudos to uh, the powers that be. You know, Microsoft's an exciting company to work for right now. It's, it, it's very good. Nice, nice. Speaking of Xbox One, did Santa bring you one yet? Uh, not yet. He hasn't. So we'll see. I don't think. Um, um, uh, some of the I know some guys who were in the beta. There was like a beta program where some staff got to try them out early, and they're they're loving theirs. And I actually got to play with one last night. Uh-huh. Um, I I haven't personally got one yet. I, if I'm honest, I don't get time to play. I, I'm not a gamer myself. I get I actually get um, travel sick with games because. Mm. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Motion sick. Yeah, I get motion sick a yeah. lot with them too. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't game that much, and I don't have that much time. However, um, where, as soon as Minecraft comes out for the Xbox One, we will definitely be getting it because <laughs> my kids love Minecraft, and the best feature about the Xbox One, apart from, is the HDMI pass through combined with the Skype integration. Yeah. And and the Connect because the Connect is amazing. It's just, it, it is amazing. It's so good. It's so much better than the other one. It's just amazing. However, uh, well, this is going to be a long show if I don't show up. Uh, the, um, uh, the, so with the HDMI pass-through and the Skype integration, basically when I'm out traveling around, I can, I'll be able to call home and like get the kids, you know, and I'm on the big screen TV and the Connect will do the microphone properly and the video conferencing will all work really yeah. seamlessly. And it works so well. It focuses the camera in, it tracks around <laughs> on who's speaking. It's like miles better than these high-end, you know, Cisco video conferencing things from a few years ago that I used to use it. It's just, oh, it's just awesome. And regardless of if they're watching TV or if they're playing Minecraft, so basically whenever they're awake, you know, mm-hmm. you know and they're at home, I'll be able to get hold of them and Skype and say hi. Uh, you know, and how we can, I can, I can talk. <laughs> There's so. something to be with. Santa brought me one. Um, and really? I've been, yeah, 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 yeah. You've opened I've, I've got a day one edition. I actually oh, took the day wow. off so I could wait in front of the door for the UPS guy to come. And it was like, you know, I got up at five all excited and he didn't get there until like two in the afternoon. Like, ah. Oh. Bastard. But anyway, um, there are there's, with the Skype is awesome, but you have to be. It needs a little fine tuning um, okay. because if we have three people in our household, my wife, my son, and I, um, and we've all got the accounts. My wife barely uses it, though. I have gotten the you know the 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 SAG, the spouse acceptance factor, or yeah. SAF. Um, I've got it to the point where she actually is able to do that. She's she's like, how do I turn the TV on? I say, honey, just say Xbox TV on. It's like, oh, okay. And she does that, and it just seems to work for her. So the pass-through and everything is working well enough for her that she can ignore the, the Xbox. Uh, my son and I, we will arm wrestle over who gets to play, and he wins because he's bigger than I am. But um, it's the, the Skype integration, when all three of you, the Connect is awesome. It is beyond awesome. You have to tune it right when you first get the connect and tune the audio. And you have to have the volume up in your TV loud when you do that tuning. Otherwise, it won't necessarily work as well. But once you tune that, um, the voice stuff just works. The instant identification as you walk in the room and it says, hi, Greg, is freaky. Um, But when you have all three of us logged in and Skype notifications are on, if you are doing a Skype IM conversation um, on another notebook, on another device, those notifications will pop up on the TV, even if mm-hmm. somebody else is like the forefront user. So if my son's mm-hmm. playing a game and my wife and I are IMing, 
the notifications pop up there. So that, that can be interesting. Um, but yeah. you can tune those down if, 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 as need be. Um, I think what we do is we I have like the family Skype account, you know, the one that I dial mm-hmm. when I'm away, and it's set so that it'll auto-answer me, mm-hmm. and I'm the only friend it has. And so that's the one I'll configure on the Xbox. So I won't have my personal Skype account on the Xbox. I'll have the family one ah. and then do it that way, I think. Yeah, that, that that's should work. That's what I'm planning. Yeah, okay. But the, yeah, the connect is, is, is creepy on being able to detect your heartbeat and that actually works. I don't understand how that works. That's uh, Skynet technology. Yeah, it is the, the difference of the technology between one and two is just night and day. It's it's interesting. It's a promise. I'm I'm interested to see because my five year old, when he's doing like connect sports and things or bowling or whatever, sometimes um, he's he gets quite frustrated with it because it you know with him being a, a wee person, yeah, it doesn't quite recognise him. And occasionally, with skeletal tracking a goal off, and his his legs end up round his head and all that sort of thing. Well, <laughs> it, it's so accurate. This new sensor, yeah. I think it's going to cope fine with him. Oh yeah, I mean the fact that it can do the whole. It knows when your hand is open and closed when you push a button you actually push your hand forward and it's able to accurately yeah. detect that movement you know it, well it's, what about like, on the crazy. on the jet ski game you just twist your hand a little bit on the throttle yep. and if you go it's, it's it's very clever i've i've no idea how that, yeah it's 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 at the point now of actually being magic you know what <laughs> I mean? and it totally makes sense why they're not selling an xbox one without the connect you know they oh, yeah. the marketing said oh it's going to be integrated and then blah 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 but you know having for the game developers you know there's i play um like need for speed is my yeah. racing game and you know being able to just say gps a repair shop and have it find it and then it just shows up in the game and it just just works or you know xbox volume down and, and it just works you know so and you can see, see that everywhere oh yeah 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 that, that is that is probably the killer feature for the xbox one along with all the other media stuff that it's doing so. yeah it's yeah it's a blu-ray player it's the games machine yeah. it's got all the uh, you know the video i over ip stuff it's um yeah it's a proper living room box rather than just a you know dedicated little games machine so i think it's definitely where the where the future of the market's going anyway, i love it I I, I'm de- I definitely um, we will be getting one as soon as Minecraft is available. There's literally no <laughs> point in getting it until Minecraft's available on that box. So uh, we're, we're yeah, blocking on that. My uh, anyway, Greg, I know yeah. we, we're, we're, it's probably about that time of the show. Would you believe? Yep, it's episode sixty-one of Radio uh, X sixty-one almost. It's yeah. episode seventy-one of Radio TFS. Is brought to you by SAS Made Easy, a leader in hosted TFS dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM Consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com or via email at sales at S-A-A-S-M-A-D-E-E-A-S-Y.com. And we again have to thank them and Paul for for making the show, uh, helping us bring you this show. And now, Mm. speaking of the show... Yeah, back to the show. So um, some good news that came out on the launch time as well, uh, as Brooke Hodges blogged. You said, Greg, on this show, and we listened. How about that for feedback? <laughs> so uh, you no longer need uh, to um, in, you no longer need IE10 to actually install, you know, Visual Studio and especially the Team Explorer stuff because that doesn't need the IE10 features. But you can you can install Visual Studio without IE10 now. How's that? That was awesome. I, I made sure to send that immediately out to my my coworkers and stuff. Um, 
And they were all like, I don't care, Greg, you know, but (laughs) shut up, Greg, you're spamming me again. Um, no, I, I thought that was great. I, I love that kind of stuff. And then a couple of a couple of quick things as well. If you want to try um, the, you know, just have a play with Visual Studio 2013. Obviously, if you want to play with TFS 2013, you can get an account in hosted service, but that doesn't let you play with like customizing the process templates and things. So if you want your very own machine, then you can download Brian Keller's uh, virtual machine. It's fairly large. It's like a 20 gig download. I seem to remember when I downloaded it the other day. Uh, but if you go to aka.ms WAC VS 13 ALM VM, and we'll put, obviously put the link in the show notes, you can get a copy of, uh, of Brian Keller's pre-made virtual machine with everything set up. More importantly, loads of test data so you can kind of show the features with valid data into the guys, you know, in team and show them how to do backlog planning and things and also loads of hands-on labs that's the best bit they're all in there now if you another way of trying out uh, visual studio 2013 is actually um speaking of the you know you can get a trial account over in azure and then you can go to the vm gallery mm-hmm. and inside the vm gallery you can create yourself a visual studio 2013 virtual machine when you've got the oh no i think you need an msdn subscription to do that but yeah with your msdn you can go create yourself a uh, a virtual machine with visual studio in isn't that crazy that is awesome but that doesn't have any of this data and that doesn't have necessarily all no. the tfs stuff or any of the goodness in. right yeah, so that would be if you want to play with it like you've got your hosted service and you want an actual instance of visual studio 2013 you can play with and run but you don't want to install it on your hardware maybe you can't because you don't have admin rights on your machine but you still want to be able to play with it you can just go get a vm in azure and go go for it it's um yeah it's yeah this this uh it, this cloud thing i think it might take <laughs> off you know? It might be around for a while. And it's supposedly, I think we talked about these VMs before in the past, and I uh, mentioned about, you know, if you get the VM and then upload it to Azure, how well does that work? Uh, we've had some readers respond back that it actually seemed to work well. So if you get this whole thing, but you don't have a machine that can necessarily host the VHD, you can take the VHD and the Brian Keller VHD, grab it all, download it, rebuild it, and then you can put it up in Azure, and then you can use it up in Azure. So. Yeah. Um, one of the other things uh, I think I've mentioned in past shows uh, was the productivity power tools. I, you know, we talked about on how you know you don't really need necessarily all of the features because they were baked it in because the productivity power tools are like a test bed of features that may or may not make it into future editions of uh, Visual Studio. Well, the productivity power tools for 2013 shift, and yeah, you need these. Um, these are again taking even more new features, more coolness and playing with them and test bedding them and letting you check them out. There's a whole number of items here and there's a great video on the, the launch that where they talk about the productivity power tools. Uh, it's an hour long video and you walk through all of the different features. I, I highly recommend that you check that out. Once you do that, you'll, you'll install it. I install it now on every machine that, that I get, you know, just the, um, the structure visual visualizer, the matching bracket lines, the margin lines. So, you know, as you do your bracket, there's a, you know, a color coded line down to the closing bracket for that. That just helps me out dramatically, let alone some of the other, you know, when you have an error, it'll actually do the solution explorer tree and red underline b- mm. both the folders as well as the file that has that error, both as a unused error, a green squiggly, a blue squiggly or a red squiggly. So it really makes it easy to find that. So, um, yeah, 
Sounds good. Yeah. So another another um, thing. So a friend of a show and blogger extraordinaire, Dave Shaw. Um, he did a, a post on some of the the shortcuts. I don't know if you've noticed in the Team Explorer, you have the little um, ellipsis thing, right. and you can go in and click on it and actually do some stuff without actually going into the window now, which is. You know, it's one of those small things that's actually really useful. <laughs> Find shelf sets is one I use all the time, you know, to just actually get shelf sets of my colleagues and things and initiating a code review, all that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, um, and when you've got the power tools installed, um, it, it, it even adds, uh, a, you know, one of these shortcut menus as well. So, so go check out that post from Dave Shaw um, and... Uh, Giles Davis over at the um, the the UK team of Microsoft UK. He's um, always been a very good blogger on on Team Explorer everywhere and kind of what Team Foundation Server offers the non Windows users. Mm-hmm. So um, he's got an excellent post that kind of says you know from a Linux box you know all the stuff you can go do with TFS and cleaning cleaning all the agile planning. Obviously all that's tested and works just great. Or a team room or a charting. Um, you can obviously use Team Explorer everywhere to get all the full integration. You can use the Git stuff. I, I have the I use the Git stuff to manage source code on my Raspberry Pi, you know. And <laughs> you've obviously got the TFEC integration, which also works on the Raspberry Pi. But don't tell anybody because I accidentally secretly sort of checked that one in and didn't really tell anybody. <laughs> I'll get permission, but never mind. And all the builds, all you know, you can go you can create a Java build. It's just he goes through and details all the stuff. And people, I I, I spent I'm. I've been touring around the Europe and I've been seeing lots of customers and stuff. And I'm just amazed that people are still surprised that you can do all this stuff, you know, with TFS. TFS is a collaboration tool. And my, the, the, the golden rule of Microsoft collaboration tools is if you can't co- if you're doing a collaboration tool <laughs> and there's somebody you can't collaborate with, it's not a very good collaboration tool. And that's why every single Microsoft collaboration tool always has a great cross-platform story. TFS has, obviously has a fabulous one, but even, you know, Skype, and link and things They're, those clients all work fan, fantastically cross-platform because they have to because it's a collaboration tool you know, and, and people well, I remember when we bought Skype you know people were like oh the Linux client will go away or the Mac yeah. client will go away no it's a collaboration tool anyway sorry it just gets me really frustrated because i'm like people don't expect it people are still surprised even to this day at how good the cross-platform story is for tfs get over it it's it's awesome go use it is what i want to say anyway there we go and um giles also does a takes you through and shows you how to install team explorer everywhere in eclipse we're listed in the uh eclipse marketplace nowadays and eclipse download sites and stuff so it's it, it's it's never been easier to actually get team explorer everywhere installed in eclipse if you want it nice there you go Rat- Rant off. <laughs> well, you know, part of the launch is uh, they renamed the Team Foundation service to Visual Studio Online. Yeah. And, so you want to uh, go online at the end. You know what I mean? I don't know why. You just want to say it. It just sounds quite cool. Anyway, Kyle. Which is, you know, it's taken the, the, what we knew about Team Foundation service and extending it. There's a pricing model now. There's a number of tiers and stuff. But one of the questions that Brian Harry um, was asked, and he responded recently in a blog post, is how much data can you put out there? You know, you're licensed by users, but, you know, uh, what's the data kind of stuff? And he goes into a whole um, behind music kind of talking about what stores are used and that kind of stuff and where the things goes. But basically he says, you know, anywhere between 2.2 and 10.5 terabytes, <laughs> depending on your usage pattern. 
So that yep. should be enough for most projects, I would hope. I would hope so. Yeah, and, and don't abuse it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, no. It, it, and, and I love this post. wasn't like a. Uh, it didn't go into what the licensing thing is or what the policy thing is. It's like, hmm, let's go see when it starts to break. <laughs> I, I love Brian. That was great. Speaking of which, he's actually just IM in me now. So we should probably wrap up the show oh. soon. But there we go. Uh, let's do a quick one. Esteban Garcia did a great post uh, talking about the, the Git stuff in TFS 2013 again. That's something I was talking about a lot this week, you know, and so he did a good blog post on that, um, taking you through and showing you stuff. So the, th- the key key thing I keep trying to explain to people is it is just Git. It's just Git fully integrated into TFS and Visual Studio, you know. Yeah. And Git TF exists as well if you need some code between the two. Uh, Somebody at one of the shows I was at this week said that we didn't talk about that enough. So, anyway, Greg, we're, 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 it's been a long show, we've, especially with the Xbox diversion, but we, we've got to have our Rangers fix. Have the Rangers been up to anything this week? They've been up to a number of good things, and we'll go through these really quick. The links will all be in the show notes, as you guys are expecting. But um, there is. Um, they've done the TFS reporting guide V1. So again, if you're going to be doing any reports about, you know, TFS, there's a lot of data in there, but how do you get it out? Like trending information, uh, that kind of stuff. That's all available now. More importantly, probably for a lot of you guys are, you know, I want to upgrade from 2012 oh. to 2013. The TFS yeah. 2013 upgrade guide V3 is now available. So we you- buried the lead. That's like the most important thing <laughs> of the whole show. Never mind. <laughs> and this is, you know, a guide that I'm going to have to read. It's not that long. I can't yeah. remember the, the, the page count, but it's, you know, a hundred ish, 123, I think or so. Uh, it's not really not that long. That's because there's a lot of screenshots and stuff in it. But, um, and, you know, if you're thinking about, you're worried about doing the upgrade, Grade, you've kind of been holding off. You got to check out this guide. I've and- been, I've been hearing touch wood. I've been hearing good things so far. This, this one seems to be going okay. Um, as ever, there's you know a few things that have been happening, but no, it's been as as far as upgrades go. This one seems to be going okay. And for people that have done it. Um, if we've got like old integrations that go in, they're all still working as well. Cause we didn't change like with between 2012 and 2010, we changed some like major architectural plumbing and between 2010 and 2008, we did the same thing because we've that architectural plumbing has been in now. A lot of the old integrations and tooling and things are all still just working. So yeah, touch wood, we're doing, we're doing okay. So yeah, I, I would, if you haven't done the upgrade, I would definitely encourage you to be thinking about it. And finally, we, we've talked about the Windows 8.1 application, the, the, treasure map um, mm. for all of those ALM resources that's available and update uh, V2.1 is available now too. So again, you can use that application to find all of these massive numbers of um, ALM resources. There's just, you know, it's Perfect hard. from the surface yep. as well. Uh, uh, Sit there with a the tablet and read it all. It's great. You look like an expert. You arrive at a little tablet, you go, it's like taking over the world with Ranger's guidance. And I think that's a show. It certainly is a show. It's great talking to you. Um, And yeah, we'll have a show in another couple of weeks. So thank you very much for your time. And we'll speak to you next time on Radio TFS. 